Hello everyone, welcome to the Christmas special of IDcast by Design Truth. My name is Brad Harper and I am an industrial design recruiter. I think this is technically episode 16 or 17 and me and Drew are joined today by some familiar voices in the Design Truth world, um, Jordan Burns and Wynne Jones. Wynne heads up design for a medical device startup Entia and Jordan tells us about well, this is all about his new job, so I'll leave it to him to go through the detail. Um, you'll be glad to know that over the next 90 minutes, um, words like Brexit, unprecedented, and uh, even coronavirus is banned. Uh, we try to keep this as positive as possible, and uh, we greatly appreciate the support we've had so far with Design Truth. So thank you, and uh, see you on the other side. You know, like I'm in a pub, but I'm on a call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like it's work-life balance gone gone a bit mad. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, let's start this episode in in unusual fashion, um, just to get this out of the way because I'm probably going to forget um, by half past seven, and then I'm going to realise that I'm 20 minutes away from Cavani and a hat trick, and then I've, and I've forgotten altogether. So um, I just wanted to thank a few people as it's the Christmas special. Um, I just thought I'd um, thank some of our. Uh, I don't. We haven't really got a nickname, Drew. We like, you know, it's like um, design truthinators or something like that. They're just, <laughs> they're just people, aren't they? So we just want to thank some. Um, I think some, they've got to find that themselves. I think they've yeah, really got to yeah. If you've got, if you've got a good name for uh, <laughs> as, as a listener, then uh, crack make on. yourselves or us sound too wankerish <laughs> <laughs> um so um we've got clive g cheers clive clive is actually the guy that's um told us about patreon and we're going to come on to patreon at some point so uh blame blame clive if you don't like um if, if we're talking about saying half an hour in and you don't like the sound of it then don't blame us blame clive um emma of course we have to thank who was a big part of some of the early episodes we did Emma. um design truth and was amazingly valuable to us in terms of editing and kind of the post-production stuff when quite frankly at the time we didn't have a clue so really appreciate that emma all of the guests that we've had on and we've now got one on for the second time so it's 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 win second coming <laughs> onto the pod um but we've also had um, others i won't name them all um but thanks to everyone that's um that has come on um a few people that turn up to our webinars religiously and they're all the time so kind of seb weatherall Claire Thompson, Hannah Petz, um, Kate over at the Uni of Brighton, um, John Hewitt, Nick Chubb, Roland Bowl, uh, Dan Barnes, Ellie White, Hans Ramsen, Adam Stone, Gareth McNeil, David Robinson, uh, Martin Miller, and James and Ollie from the Cardware Shop. Those are people I've written down. If I've forgotten any of you, then just uh, sorry. <laughs> um, so thank you. And uh, welcome to the Christmas special. So um, at the time, it's in classic kind of like Jules Holland style. 
This isn't live. <laughs> We're not recording this live on Christmas Day. It's like the 2nd of December. But um, how is everyone? Are we all okay? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff. So um, we've got a couple of people with us today, Drew, or Dr. Drew Kendrick, as it says <laughs> in this Zoom uh, meeting. So we've got two voices and faces you'd have seen before if you know Design Truth or we've been here since the start. So we've got Jordan Burns here, and Jordan's actually just picked up a new job today so he's in good spirits and he was um our um you don't need an eames chair to be a designer uh kind of speaker which down which went down really well and then we've also got win when you're back how does it feel to be back emotional yeah (laughs) is that is that it just emotional yeah well yeah, I think I rambled. I think it was, I think it was the second podcast. Yeah, you were literally kind of guinea pig number two, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, in hindsight, you listen to your own, you know, not the whole recording, but a bit of a click through. I was like, oh, I was rambling a little bit. So um, <laughs> I'm going I'm to try and be minimal tonight. And you it know was what's a it? monster to edit down, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's worse? We now, we now record video with, so it's double bubble now. So you're feeling the pressure. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thanks. So yeah, thanks for obviously um, joining us, and um, thanks for your positive words as well. I'd say I hate to be a bit cliche and a bit cringy, but you've been there since day one. Um, so uh, so thanks for that. Um, how has the year been then for everyone? Are we all are we all okay? Are we all sane? Are we all kind of well? Yeah, I'm going to say it's been both. <laughs> <laughs> Career-wise. It uh, was okay. Then it went really terrible. Then it got amazing, and it kind of stayed very, very good. Um, and, and that's all I'm going to talk about for right now. Yeah. <laughs> what have you made of the pod this year, then, Drew? Because you've been here since the start. If we're looking back, what have you made of it? All? I think it was my idea, wasn't it, Brad? It, it was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, do you know, it's just been really good fun. Yeah. Um, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect to be honest um and it, it kind of uh people started saying nice things i was like oh shit well let's do a couple more uh, until like um, until no one cares um and i think probably i know we used to have a lot of conversations but do you know what there's like 15 people listen to this one or however many it was you're like yeah. i don't think i know that many people and i certainly haven't mentioned it in front of that many people so like people are finding it uh and they're, and they're coming back so it was, it was um you know, not to be too self-congratulatory about it. It was just that we th- we thought that there was... It was the th- we made the thing that we wanted to listen to. And, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That's, that's been the, the kind of... The thing behind it the whole time is that if you start thinking about what's going to play well, what do people want to hear us talk about or ask questions about, I don't think we can know that. Um, we don't have any more hands on deck than the ones that you can see on screen or listen to. So... Uh, you know, we can't do a load of marketing and we can't do a load of publicity. So if people are happening upon it, um, then that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's just very, very cool and gratifying. And um, yeah, it means a lot to us, I think. Yeah, cool. I had a look the other day and we're on something like, um, it's about 850 to 900 downloads a month is kind of where we we're at. Not, not, not spent a pound on marketing or Instagram ads or anything like that. And it... And it and it has genuinely been from just messaging people saying, "We've done this thing. Can you listen to it?" 
and that is that is how it, it's no more just about i suppose and that's what um design is about it's about building relationships with people and just saying hey we've done this stuff what do you think you can be honest with us if you think it's really shit and then we'll kind of and we'll move on from it but uh yeah, i think that, the biggest hard, thing for me but i think the thing that people probably listen to regularly and come back is, is obviously not going to be you and i because no. um, once you've heard one episode of that you're like oh they don't care about oh. us <laughs> it's, okay, it's, it's, the <laughs> it's the guest it's the guest it's not it's, yeah. not your it's obviously like the names that you've been able to pull in i think they're like are just uh, mega i think yeah. you've done an amazing job of you know you said building relationships that's a large part i mean that's essentially the essence of what you do because often yeah. like we're just sat inside sketching and not going out and reaching out to people and that's what you bring and that's why we've had interesting people come and talk about um you know their perspectives so we just go oh man that's amazing yeah cool i won't i won't ask you to name all the guests we've had in order Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so i won't ask you that but um what about you guys Mike Wayne, Jordan? that's the one i Mike. remember <laughs> <laughs> what about oh, you guys how's your year been um i'd say you know, there's a lot of uh, negativity around in the news and stuff. I'm like, I'm not I, I'm either an optimist or I've just I've been lucky, but I think my year's been pretty good. Like, I've quite enjoyed this year. Um, yeah, um, it's gone pretty well. But obviously, I think the hardest bit isn't going to be what we've just been through. It's going to be when the economy starts dipping, mm-hmm. work's going to dry up. And that's where, we, that's where it's really going to hit people hard, especially designers and industry and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's going to get worse, but me personally it's not been too bad and i think you know the humanity's been through worse stuff than having to stay indoors for eight weeks or however long it was it's months. really not it's really not the end of the world is it well it might exactly. be but <laughs> it, it 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 could be it could have been a lot worse i mean there are there are obviously some people that will be listening to this that have been in a real shit situation i do feel for them but yeah. but for the, for most people i think it's 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 been all right isn't it i don't think it's been that devastating or am i really selfish by saying by saying a, i don't think you can possibly uh, you can't see other people's experiences this is it um, mm. like so for me it's been it's been fine it hasn't been that different no pub crawls for a year <laughs> that's not ideal <laughs> no, no five aside not much mountain biking because they keep closing whales like it's right there let me go and ride <laughs> my life um so yeah, there's like there's frustrations, but I, I I mean, yeah, you probably don't have to go far to find someone who's really struggling. Oh yeah, of course. But, yeah, hands on, but I'm not. So I'm not gonna. I can, yeah, I can't pretend that I know what that's like. Yeah, and what about you, Win? Because you're London. You're, you should be out and about now. Tier two, substantial yeah. meal, and all that. Why Why are you talking to us? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the Scotch egg. <laughs> Scotch egg and eight pints. Surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, touch, touch wood. I've, everything's been fine. Um, um, lucky enough to work for a company that's that was essentially cloud based anyway in terms of what we were doing, everything. Um, so in terms of moving to the situation, it was literally pack up, pack up the uh, laptop on that Monday, and, and off you go. But um, yeah, I mean, I can empathise that a lot of people have had it hard. I can imagine yeah. if you are, you've got supply chain, you've got clients. Um, and all they've got to do is basically stop paying and everything changes. Um, I can imagine kind of, particularly kind of probably in agencies, it could be quite difficult. Mm. Um, and, but, but as well, 
maybe agencies are also um, the best way out of this situation for a lot of people as well. Um, and, and, you know, potentially rather than employing, building teams, it might be, oh, well, actually, we need to get a new product off the road to get out of this. We'll go to an agency, give them a brief, give them some some money and, and, and develop that product. And, and it starts, you know, being in a positive way. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I tend to not listen to the news. I kind of choose when I went when I want to kind of look at the BBC website. But in general, it's it's frustrating. You know, mm. there's a little island called or two islands in called New Zealand that have been living a normal life since yeah. May last year, yeah. and you just kind of go, it's it's about decision making, isn't it? And everything could be a lot different um, depending on the decision making, but. It's not political, but yeah, I, 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 I hate I'd hate to go political on here because it doesn't matter what way you go, you're always going to go upset someone, aren't you? So it's just one of those topics where you may as well just just not talk about it because you're just going to end up opposing. And that Brad is the decision making that's got us into a second lockdown. At the end of December, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. And I probably agree with all three yeah. of you, but. I'm the one that has to fend the comments at the end of the day. <laughs> so I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll park anything. Um, I think, um, <coughs> back to the kind of, just chatting just quickly about the podcast itself. I think you both done a terrific job. I think that you get a gut feeling, don't you? I think as, uh, I feel as a designer, you know that something is going to work. There's a problem and you think you've got a solution. You go, I think this has got legs. Even before you actually create it you know the concept is there um you know i'm very critical of podcasts massively and the thing is that most of my podcasts i'm literally lying in bed listening to them um i find them quite relaxing to be honest and they're an easy listen um but i think the, the kind of british culture of industrial traditional product design is um the types of people we're all of a similar type of tone and I think it's it makes the whole experience nice to listen to um, whereas other ones in different cultures I personally found quite difficult to listen to or they've gone in different tangents in UX and brand and other things so um, you know personally I was kind of thinking about it before I think what you've you've done a little bit in terms of finding a problem got a solution and then the way that you've got all these people to kind of swarm around this as an idea it feels like we're kind of or, or you guys have done it but everyone's involved is it's kind of like a bit of a like punking the kind of beta establishment or movement I and mean, there's no offense to the people that have done no, it no, no. and we've had them on as well <laughs> yeah but, but what i think it is it's about kind of some people are kind of going let's just go and do this and make it happen and i think that's the you know, hats off to you guys for doing it. There was nothing to really stop you. It's get a microphone, get a Zoom. Uh, I know there's more to it, but in terms of the core content, it's it's like-minded people kind of, we don't get to network a lot of the time industrial product designers because we're all over the country. A lot of us are competitors, you know, <laughs> and um, it's very difficult. So I think in a weird way, it does feel like we're kind of socialising even though we're not all in the room together drinking beers, but there's a nice way of kind of going... Oh, it's so nice to listen about somebody else who's who thinks the same way as me or has taken the same problem. So I think in general, it's an absolutely brilliant production. Mm. Um, it's yeah, I think you've done a, a fantastic job. So you both should be really proud of yourselves in terms of where we'll, we'll pay yeah. you later for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. thank you very much, man.
Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, again, as a as a designer that I've, uh, I know you and I don't know each other uh, personally, but um, you know I'm familiar with your work and have a, a whole lot of respect for uh, for your work. So it, it 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 means an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to you earlier, Drew, and I was saying that I was talking to a client of mine. I won't name him just in case I have to go through some sort of fucking PR approval to get it in, which is a bane in my life at the minute. Um, but um, they were saying to me, there's quite a, one of the, probably the biggest agencies in the UK and yeah, well, even Europe. And they told me they actually have our podcast on in the studio. They actually have it on whilst they're all working. And I told Drew that earlier and he nearly fell off his chair. So, so yeah, we still don't. I, 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 it's been very, it's been such a weird experience for, for me when because I don't actually work in design in the sense of I'm not a designer so to, to have we kind of although this would be quite ironic for because I know lots of people talk about recruiters in quite a bad light and um, I think from what I can establish I'm a little bit of the the exception to the rule but I've always found that the kind of the relationship between like a recruiter and maybe like a designer is there's that kind of, it's not really on an equal footing. It's almost like weirdest kind of auxiliary kind of supplier. Um, but I found through this is that it's, it's taken me quite a long time to be honest, to kind of accept that people actually want to listen to us. Um, that's just something that I'm still going through. I don't know if this feels like this kind of X factor moment Drew, when we're going to judges houses, but it, it kind of feels a bit like that where you're still trying to process that yeah. people actually quite like this. And that's just something I'm still in this kind of, I don't really get why, but they do. So we'll just keep going. But that's, that's where I, I'm, I'm at most of the time anyway. I think the other aspect as well is that it's a bit kind of, again, if you think about the kind of a, a punking or some kind of, garage band you know it feels yeah. like a kind of someone doing like, something we're like a re- we're like uh, a rebellious teenager drew <laughs> well, exactly that's that but that's design is in the nature and and i think one thing i'd like to kind of say if, if you could if it's a way of keeping it is trying to keep it raw do you know what i mean like i think in terms of you know there's that famous kind of third album that always you know ruins <laughs> a band whether you're oasis or Nirvana or Guns N' Roses, any of these bands, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of just kind of going. How how do we keep it? Yeah. Just keep it cool, because yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I think it becomes different. And yeah, um, I think that's, I, I, it's I, I, the people who come on it and have those conversations. Yeah. I think that's it. It's the conversational nature of people who are working in the thing, rather than being told by uh, you know textbooks or being told by lecturers or being told by um, you know. I don't know, our, our higher-ups, our betters, our previous generations, whatever it is, it, it's no disrespect to any of those at all. It's just this is something different. Yeah, yeah. The conversations with people that you don't work with or who are your peers otherwise. Yeah. What has been... What, go on, sorry. Sorry, John, you go. I was just going to touch on the, 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 like, the authenticity and keeping it raw and just the conversational style. All the design podcasts I've tried to listen to are just dog shit because they're so overproduced. <laughs> they idolise like individual designers, like you know, they, they speak to them like a, some kind of celebrity, mm. and it's always annoyed me because it's made design feel like super elite. And like I've always looked at myself and am I actually a designer? Like, you know. But the, what you guys do is just talk to people on a real level. And it, what you said when about socialising, it does feel like you're getting that experience because it's so casual and you can just go, actually, these are just people. You know what I mean? Mm. And then it makes, 
well, it made my view of the industry better because you just realize everyone's just like me, you know, everyone's just <laughs> people. You can just speak to people normally. You don't have to like. I don't think many are like you, Jordan. No. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm like. You're very special. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's good. And uh, yeah, it's, it's probably the only design podcast I would listen to everything else mostly american stuff is all just yeah it's i don't know about you drew but i find some of what we do it's never um because because there is one podcast in 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 the u.s that you might be referring to and it's very um like they kind of put these people on almost like a pedestal and it's like maybe because they've worked for the big companies and it's like how are you so special whereas i think if you listen back to some of what we've done drew we actually kind of we don't necessarily like disagree during the episodes but it's not just this one way kind of dialogue where it's like yeah I completely agree with what you just said there for an hour there is a little bit of kind of like well this is my perspective and then this is your perspective which I think is healthy where it's just not just yeah design education is just really not good is it (laughs) like for an hour like it's actual there's like a push and pull factor which I think people can relate to a bit more I think credit to some of the guests, like, because we sort of, I mean, I don't know whether they'd all, I, I know that they haven't listened to oh, no. <laughs> any of the previous episodes, where we, including Wynn, uh, on this had sort of been berating the, uh, the state of, the, uh, of, of academia and the transition into industry. And then we had uh, some conversations, some of them on the podcast as well, with people from academia. And, uh, and, and you know, presented them with that sort of, uh, with our position. And yeah, I mean, we're not going to, like, it, it's documented. We, you can't then go, oh, no, you're right, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah opinions do change over time. It's a good segue because we did, a couple of months ago, people would assume that we did a survey. So we did the first, I don't know, like the Design Truth Industry-wide survey where it was like, how's your year actually been? So not this kind of, like, instagram filtered version of your year that you've put up but what's it actually been like we're not going to sit here today and just kind of say oh so and so said this that's not really what it's about oh i mean i'd love to but i'd probably get into quite a lot of trouble um but we one of the questions on the survey was is design education fit for industry what do you think the percentage was of um or do you think it was mainly yes or do you think it was mainly no what do you think I'd like to think it was mainly no. Okay. I'd say, I'd say it's probably split, actually. Okay. True. Uh, well, I, I sort of, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 but go on, what's your, what, what's your answer? Well, no, my general takeaway from all of this, everything we've said, is if you've got an industrial design course or product design or any kind of design course and there's an industrial placement, that is going to be so much more worthwhile to you than one that doesn't that's it i don't care how good you come away with uh sketching ability or knowing the right nomenclature and all of that sort of thing there's books buy a shit ton of books and catch up but i mean if you're in uni as well the one thing that i think i missed out on is it probably did get said to me but i didn't take on board is when you're not in lectures and actively doing things this is your time in your career where you learn about design. Go and read. Go and buy. Like, every other course you're going to do that isn't just colouring in. Yeah, pens are expensive. We don't need them anymore. And, you know, key shots expensive, but they've got that in, I don't know, in, in the university facilities. The thing you need to spend your money on is just a shit ton of design books. Get the audio books. Don't bother reading them. Just get the audio books. 
um, you know, buy anything. I, I don't know, we've probably all got our favourites, but there's a couple of critical ones that virtually everyone's read, but they maybe didn't read them, hands up, both of them, until about 10 years after they graduated. They went, I don't know a fucking thing about this. Yeah. Like, no, I'm I, 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 and people keep talking to me about, I don't know, Malcolm Gladwell or Don Norman. I'm like... <laughs> I, mate, I, I couldn't agree more with that because... Through uni, every time I was in a lecture, I was like drinking, playing rugby, not doing doing anything but not work. Um, and then when I graduated, I spent the two to three years of my career doing that. Like I was like relearning. It was like doing another degree while I was learning because I wasted so much time. But um, that's something I always say to students is use that time valuably. Like if you've got an hour lecture in a day, don't just do nothing for the rest of the 23 hours. Just put ID cast on, surely. Just put ID cast on. Exactly, yeah, learn. (laughs) I think as well it depends on um, different... Like, it's a a really broad question, isn't it? Oh, yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's it's not a question that you can give, like, a definitive answer to. Um, Yeah, but I mean, like, for example, I mean, there's different ways of looking at it. I mean, I think, you know, I'm massively impressed by these graduates coming through in the last kind of in the last probably five years five years in particular like whether it's gen z i'm not up with my marketing demographics but from a point of view of 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 that group of people they're phenomenally professional they, they are they're linked into the max they are websites they um massively massively impressed with the culture um and it can it can depends on what university you've gone through and what the culture is there, you know. Um, so I think it's, it's a difficult conversation. There is actually, um, you mentioned Don Norm before, he's got a, um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about it, but I've tried to be part of it at the same time. So there's a thing called Future of Design Education.org. Um, I put my name down and said, please, can I be a uh, contribut- contributor to this? Um, but it's an interesting one because I don't know where that's going to go. Like it's, it's, I think it's a US led thing. I don't think it's trying to be global essentially, but it's, it's what is designed and where does, where are the kind of limits on what is designed? Because you can get, you know, it could be game formed by people who've done a design thinking workshop for a day. Mm. And it's more, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that either, but it's more, what's the balance of, of what that is. Have you seen Offsite at all, Win? Have you seen called Offsite? Have you seen that? Have you seen that, Jordan? Offsite. Offsite. Yeah, adva- it, yeah. Adv- advanced design. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So advanced design is this kind of very highly Americanized um, thing, but the actual kind of like the output and the production value of these things are like Design Truth eight point type thing. I mean, it's super super kind of cool what they do, um, but it's. Um, Offsite is a um, where industry in the US has just like kind of like taken control of design education. So I think it's like an eight to ten week program. And I was speaking to a graduate that went through the first cohort, and she was from the UK. So they kind of let her kind of. I think her body clock was all over the place when I was speaking to her. But she basically told me that in the three years that she did at a university here in the uk i won't name which one in the eight weeks in this off-site program she said she learned more in the eight weeks than she did in that three years and it's like a not-for-profit um organization where basically there's a selection of designers in the us i think some of them have worked for some quite big brands like google 
and they just like teach. They have like a little cohort, and I think you have to you have to be a little bit good to get in type thing. But maybe that's just an example of what you're alluding to there of, of just like taking. Yeah, control. I think you mentioned that. I think in in that podcast I was on where we had a bit of a, a chat about design education. But like when you look at the design fees that people, the students are paying, and like for example, if you've got I don't know <laughs> ten students paying whatever it is nine grand a year. Mm. Um, and you to kind of give them, you know, one-to-one specific tuition. I know it's it, this is a very idyllic kind of sense, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, there's a way of looking at these things in a different way. Um, you know, semesterization, like it's half the year is is holiday, and <laughs> you know, there's a way to do these things. Trimesterization, um, technical colleges, um, apprenticeships, like. It feels like something quite easily could change that mm. whole um, expectation of go to university. A lot of first, you know, family children going to university, thinking I've got this. I go to university, I get a job without really having the critique of 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 what is you know where are these people being employed and mm. um, things going out of it. So it's. Yeah, I do feel there's something happening now. I do feel yeah. that. I think if we established that in two, three years' time, it might be very different yeah. in the way. But going back to the survey, so um, it was about 60% that said no. It was about 60% that said design isn't fit for industry. But here's the thing. Within that, um, I think within the the 40% of people that said it it did fit in industry – about 65 to 70% of those people went to Loughborough. I don't know what you make of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, um, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll be open and honest. Like, like, um, but that's not a disrespect to anything like Loughborough's done. That's just, a, that's just a very interesting kind of how, because you've gone to X university, you've got X perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I just find it an interesting thing that's kind of come out of the survey. Um, it's very difficult. Like, for me, um, um, employed two graduates this, this year, brilliant. Um, coincidentally, they both come from my university, but to me, it's also a hit the ground running. Mm. And it, it depends on what the culture of the company that is. And um, you sometimes don't have time to give a lot of time to be able to develop people who potentially don't have specific, I mean, obviously everyone needs to improve. Um, everyone needs to develop, but it, and this is where I think industrial design skills sometimes as, as a, in those trade skills, almost it's kind of going, you want them to come in, hit the ground running. And it's not about them, for example, rethinking the company's roadmap <laughs> because that's, you know, all the, you know, really getting into the, the front end and, and carving out. Sometimes it can be, um, we need more hands on deck. You you need those experience of going through projects. So it's, it's, yeah, again, I don't think that sometimes is clean cut, but in terms of decision making, sometimes you want to know that someone's going to deliver. Yeah. I think that's a big issue with industrial design. Um, I might be able to, might be shooting myself in the foot a little bit, but I'm, we do edit it, Jordan. Yeah, says, yeah. So. <laughs> if it sounds crap, edit. It yeah. No, um, if you look at something like um, medical degree, 
or architecture. People come out of that, and, and I'm not saying all architects are exactly the same, but they all have a very good skill set, you know, um, and not all architecture courses are the same, but with industrial design, the way people teach, the things you study, why, it varies so widely depending which university you go to. And, and you get a graduate from one uni who's really good at one thing and then one from another who's really shit at another thing. It's like, I'm not saying we should standardise it, but there should be like a minimum expectation of skill level to come out. Um, yeah. What does it take to graduate? There's got to be some kind of, as you say, minimum expectation. So, I mean, I've seen... Uh, Graduate shows where you're looking at a blue phone model and a half decent rendering, and that's the final year project. Like, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to struggle to believe in that. You know? Yeah. My experience of teaching in Australia, um, industrial design was part of a school of architecture, and the AIA, Australian Institute of Architects, they come and accredit the course. And basically, you don't really kind of get to be called an architect unless you've got this AIA badge. But the the, 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 kind of the the flip side of that is you may get, for example, a, a group of um, older, more experienced people who are not maybe as um, agile and as modern in thinking. So you can then get an accreditation in terms of old ways. So it's a tricky thing in terms of how that standardization can kind of work. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's uh, that, to me, speaks of like needing oh, yeah. that constant liaison between industry and academia, between yeah, that's the way looking for. And now, you know, as, as Brad alluded to on LinkedIn, you know, something like QSharp has to be a fundamental skill, or high-end computer rendering, whatever it is. But again, that's that's uh, a more recent skill. Uh, a few years ago, even that probably wouldn't have been that big a deal. Maybe hand rendering, but still. You still you're coming back to the, the justification behind those choices. You know that's what you're looking for in the designer is why have you chosen wood and aluminium rather than you know glossy black plastic? Because um, there's obviously going to be reasons for for those. But if you can articulate that as well as define it and display it, then yeah, great. We've got we've got someone good on our hands. That's why I think you need that. Yeah. constant feedback. Um, I've I've started to. Uh... To deal with design education a lot more since we set this thing up and um for some weird reason i'm being asked to lecture students at the minute which has been um a very interesting experience um but i think my main takeaway from um it so far is that i've been a little bit disappointed with um obviously i've not been going to like loughborough brunel but i've been a little bit disappointed with kind of that kind of like base level of knowledge that some of the students have um not from a like a technical case but i'm just talking about generally like things like how you apply for a job or how you put a folio together i've been a little bit um taken back by just kind of some of the things i say i find are just incredibly basic but then i'm literally looking at a student on a zoom call who's writing notes down like they've never heard this stuff before in their life and it's a bit like you should kind of know this. I'm not saying anything particularly groundbreaking. And that's been something that's been a bit of an eye-opener to me is that I kind of feel sorry for lots of grads that are going to come through the system because they're just, they've just got no hope. And that's just me being honest. I just don't see them. What Drew mentioned before about this kind of industry engagement, I mean, you look at where the spread of universities are, Mm. I can probably say there's probably definitely a, a design consultancy or a 
a design internal design company of a manufacturer that's probably within 20 miles so you know from that perspective get, get them on board get mm. them as advisors and to me you know like any good design is get as much critical feedback as possible and if you're designing a course get the critical feedback like, yeah. it's only going to be better for everybody um and, and and logically as well where those companies are based relative to those universities if those people are live at home stay local students then they've got a nice kind of pick of, of local talent as well mm. and it's like i think this is where something like this this kind of network of, of people we've got here is that people are going to be spread all over the country and it, and people could reach out to those um universities potentially in, um you're going to be spread out. Um, all three of us from North Wales, like from... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Jordan lives in Buckley. I'm from Buckley. You must have dated someone from Buckley. Lynn. I lived in Mould for a bit. Yeah, there we go. go. My mum's from Mould. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we go. Um, what did you guys make of the survey of interest? Um, or more so the results that you saw? Or quick kind of scroll through what you saw. What did you make of it? There was a bit. Um, there was a lot of different opinions. I wouldn't yeah. say that like it wasn't. The, it wasn't the greatest laid out thing in terms of what I exported to you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can, I mean, you, can, you can you can tell that I got the free version, can't you? But I mean, <laughs> what did you make of uh, what what came through? There was like a lot of contrast in opinions. There was a lot of people saying stuff's been really bad, but then there was other people saying it's been amazing. <laughs> you know, everyone wasn't singing in unison, and I think that goes back to what we were saying before. Everyone's had their own experience through all this crap. Some people yeah. have done well, some people haven't done so well. Yeah. I think um, uh, the actually, I think a lot of the comments, um, like yeah, Jordan says that they were, they were quite diverse. Mm. Um, I think obviously I've seen the the summarised kind of review, and the deck looks brilliant, guys. By the way, well done to whoever's put that together. Fantastic. Um, I think the summaries of what the bandings that you've got in terms of age is kind of postgraduate and also um, the titles, the bang on in terms of kind of almost personas. Um, mm. And I think that's the bit that I think is I'm finding quite interesting. Um, the salaries, I totally, ex- nothing shocks me there that it's bang on. It, it mm. is. Um, um, salaries are so hard to put together so if anyone that um, is listening to this wins referring to the salary guide and by this point it will be available on the designtruth.co.uk yeah. website <laughs> so if you want to actually know if you're earning proper money then download this <laughs> download this pdf basically but it's such a weird it's such a weird one when because you could be at one company where you know salaries are quite low but then equally someone can be of a quite a similar in that experience bracket but they're probably going to be earning some quite good money. So it does. I don't want it to come across like we're kind of like dodging the question by saying, hey, you could be earning this, but you could be earning... But that's just how it is. It just yeah. hopefully gives you an insight of kind of where you're at in terms of that. Well, that yeah, of course. Like companies aren't daft. They know that if you're... If they're sourcing from local, you know, if, if you're probably pre this year, um, people aren't going to commute very far. So there's a cost of living in that area. So there's a salary that's going to be in line with that. Yeah. North Wales isn't going to be as highly paid as London. Um, yeah, but, but we wanted to try and give some context. So you, you might notice if you read the thing is that Cambridge is actually quite high. But let's be real here. 
probably 80 to 90 percent of jobs in Cambridge are medical jobs so whilst it may seem like they're kind of parable in to London if you don't have any medical medical experience then you're probably not going to get in are you so it's this kind of like let's contextualize the numbers a little bit um rather than just saying hey you can earn 70k in London but actually there's probably reasons why you can earn that and we try and provide a little bit of context to to where you're at and hopefully that will give some um some scope particularly around kind of equal pay as well i want to i want to make sure that there's you know kind of female designers out there that are thinking actually you know what i think i might be not getting paid what so-and-so is being paid and it's horrendous that we still have to have that conversation that's still a thing that's does happen it surprised me so much when that when yeah, when a couple of years ago, and I, uh, it came up in a conversation. I was like, "That it just blew my mind." I was like, "That can't be. That can't be happening in this company that I'm working for." yeah it does it does it does happen but it's one of those things where it's because it's something where like it's a little bit of a taboo subject so you don't really but you only ever really realize it when you're talking to you know a female designer and i'll say okay what kind of salary are you on at the minute and you go but i think it's like, <laughs> in terms of, like i said before kind of punking what's going on is that the salary survey is another part of that you know it's, yeah big evil power cord that's just kind of going you know let it resonate through the industry yeah i would be, I would be sending that out by the way there's no one that's not going to be seeing that within a, a 50 mile radius <laughs> of there's, there's every, no justification every... for that to be like clandestine information that's just you know it, it's anonymized but here's what to expect here's here's the trends that we're seeing mm. that's stuff that if you can get hold of you can make informed decisions if you can't then you're at the mercy yeah, i think so- from the point of view, I think, of, of the salary, everything, there's, there's so many different parameters of, in terms of location, type of industry, your background. Um, the company, you know, itself may not be, you know, it may be an agency, it may be... Yeah, an, um, I, think we, I think we mentioned that. So, like, salaries in startups might be quite high, but let's think about, okay, do you have a pension? Do you have all these different kind of things, like Booper that you're taking... Uh, is it a case of a lot of this is kind of going down the equity and shares route, but you know, if the shares aren't worth anything, then they're not worth anything. So um, we kind of try and contextualize those things a little bit for people that are a bit like, mm. do you earn much in-house? Do you earn more agency? That kind of, so it's not all about just the salary. Sometimes there's a lot of other things that kind of play their part. Yeah. I think um, just to kind of conflict a little bit, we've mentioned like salaries in North Wales are lower than London, which obviously they are. But for me, I've always been annoyed about talking about salary because I don't think it should be a taboo subject. I think it should be pretty open. And for me, what a salary or a package, whatever, however that package should be, is it's like buying a product. You're getting value from someone. You should pay them or give them stuff equal to the value they can provide. Like age, location, doesn't matter. If they can give you that value, you should you know, um, compensate them fairly um it shouldn't be about gaslighting people and saying oh we just don't pay that much here or mm. whatever um it, it, it's simple it's like buying a product off a shelf you know just yeah I mean, uh, for, from my perspective i think you know it's yeah I, I agree i think a lot of people don't realize what they're contrib- contributing you know there's there's so many kind of obvious i think design council have got these ratios of what design value brings to a company and yeah. And I think, you know, for, for designers trying to fight their corner in different ways, um, 
I think it's trying to to get a grasp of that from the business perspective. Um, and, and I think it's kind of going, well, we've done this. And I wonder why, uh, what's been the spike in, I don't know, next year, doubling the turnover of um, products we've sold. I wonder why that is. And the market feedback could be, you know, oh, it's actually the customers find the product so much more desirable. Oh, why? And then you dig deeper into that. And, and that's where design kind of builds its profile where you kind of go, oh, imagine if we didn't have that. And or maybe we should invest more into it. And I think that's where the logic then becomes, from a business perspective, if that if it comes down to that. But, um, that willingness to kind of take that view really has to come from the top. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's great having that on the ground floor. Um, uh, yeah, totally agree. Of course I do. Um, but, you know, you can't have a design-led company if the CEO isn't, isn't into it. Hmm. And I think you've got to... I think a lot of people don't understand design. <laughs> it's, it's, so, <laughs> yeah, we'll fuck it. No, I know, I'm not going to go kind of cliche on this, and, and we know that there are struggles there. But, you know, you, you, there's, there's been a lot of podcasts, a lot of articles, um, videos on YouTube in terms of kind of design and business relationships and people trying to um, express that value. Chris Doe, or do I'm not sure how you pronounce his surname. The future. Yeah, yeah, and that guy's got some really clear-cut things in terms of like that transfer of value. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah, all, all the salary things. It's a lot of it is like that shouldn't, in my opinion, be the core driver anyway. You want to know that you're being fairly compensated, um, and I think in these days it doesn't take two minutes to open a Design Truth website and, and look at what that fairly maybe should be, but. It's, yeah. But it's a healthy conversation, I think, yeah. to have. If, if someone comes to me and is like, Brad, the reason why I'm talking to you is because I want an extra zero on my paycheck, then it's a very quick conversation. It's okay, well, here's the mobile number of your hiring manager. Give them a call. Um, find out whether they'll pay you what you're looking for. And if the answer's no, then come back to me. It's a very quick conversation. Um, so, yeah, if it is your main driver, and I don't know if there's anything wrong with it being your main driver, but... Um, you, uh, I I'd say know. if it's your main driver, then make it yourself. Yeah. Like, go just and be, change, just go be, build just, something yourself. Just be honest. You know, if, that's, if that's what you want, the same as anything, if, the, if that's your main driver or if you want to work with wood is your main driver, then, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've got, to, you've got to take that punt. Um, yeah. And you've got to, you might have to work 60, 70 hours a week. Uh, but if you're billing, what, a good £35 an hour, something like that, right? Yeah, it's a whole bunch of extra work. And your Sundays are going to be taken up with expenses. And with faff and receipts and all that kind of stuff. But go for it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, if you want to make money as well, design's not very high on the list for anyone <laughs> to be Absolutely, yeah. Use that as a bridge to get to the thing that makes you money. Whatever you're interested in, if that's real estate or, I don't know, buying a set, whatever. Just yeah. cool. So if, I, if, if you I... want sharp suits and a £200 haircut, Go for it. You can have it. Well, it's probably not here. It's eleven quid down here, Drew. Um, so, if um, if I was to throw a question to all of you, then what's been the most positive thing out of twenty twenty for you? What positive takeaway? Scrap all the negative stuff. I think I'm, I'm pretty bored of hearing about it. So, what, what's the most positive thing that's come out of this year for you guys? Um, for me, I think I kind of had two. I was thinking about this before. Um, I think. Adoption of 
digital kind of countrywide has been like really really great to see you know people who are stubborn about you pay cash no i want to pay card um, <laughs> i don't think i've touched i don't touch, i had like i think i had 20 pound note in my wallet which i didn't touch for like five months it was crazy um so th- that was interesting but i think it's more than that it's kind of it's not just about payment it's booking systems um all sorts of things around digital but you start thinking bit cleverer and a bit smarter um but i think the main thing for me is being i've worked from home for um apart from about six weeks since march so we went into the office for six weeks until this latest lockdown and to me it's the reflection of i was going to say work-life balance but i don't think it's even that i think it's kind of how you can make both happen so like i've had calls where i've also made lunch at the same time mm. and i've I've gone for a walk in the afternoon um, and had some thinking time. You know what I mean? Like it's all those things where, to me, it almost felt a little bit like doing a final year project where you've got your dissertation to do, you've got your project to do, and you just work your way around it. And so to me, whether it is a balance, but not in this kind of way, I now work 10 to 4. It's more the sense of I can do things in the day that I can do and and I might work a bit later or I might start a bit earlier as long as the jobs get done. So to me, that's been the biggest thing for me personally, positively, is kind of going, how do I make a bit of my kind of diary <laughs> work for myself in yeah. a way? And what about you, Jordan? Because you're now you've now entered the kind of the world of capsules, haven't you? So what's I have yeah. is it, if if we'd have asked you that at the start of the year, you would have said no, I'd, I'd still be contracted them. I guess uh, probably if you've asked me that maybe a few weeks ago I'd say, no, I'm never going to work for another company but yeah. Um, no yeah my new role is just amazing so I've made could, you, could you tell us a, could you tell us a little bit about the job you've got or yeah of course um, go on, Check, yeah, go on. So, give, give them a plug yeah well it is with a company called Namine Solar who have two parts of the business they do kind of large solar installations and they also do products mainly working in Africa. So the main product is here. So it's, for those of you not watching it on YouTube, it's a little head torch with a solar panel in the back. So you can charge it in the sunlight in Africa. And then this essentially would replace um, kerosene lamp or other sources of light in an African family uh, for children to walk to school and things like that. Um, and they're also developing some awesome new products, which obviously I can't talk too much about. Um, but yeah, the, the mission of the business, the, the people behind the business are just so good. Um, and we talked about a main driver before. And for me, that is my main driver to work for a business that is really trying to do some good. So yeah, that's why it was just something I couldn't turn down. But yeah, yeah. so second day in the new role as uh, head of product and manufacturing, which wow. is a bit fancy. But yeah, yeah. wow. Super stoked about it. A few, but is that the most positive thing then from the year, or is there anything else that's really kind of taken you back? Um, Win, think I was going to basically say what Win said. I feel like mm. I'm copying his answer now, but um, it's it's that balance, and you know, having more time to go out and exercise, or more time just to do other stuff other than just work. Because I'm not commuting or running around speaking to clients. Just positive thing I found is time to just reflect on on what I'm doing or. Um, when I was freelance, how I could get clients or looking at my portfolio or my, like my desk setups change. I've got a monitor, so my back doesn't hurt all the time. Um, just time to just reflect on things has been awesome. So 
yeah, like Wynn said, just that extra time, whatever you do with it, it's just been amazing and really good. Yeah. What about you, Drew? Because you've had a new job this year as well. Uh, yeah, had a really shitty start of the year. Um, not going to muck about. Um, uh, yeah, I was really glad to go and work from home because, um, I mean, I'm um, yeah, a few changes. There was a lot of stress in the team and uh, it took its toll. I think we talked about that uh, before. Yeah, um, probably, yeah. So, won't dwell. But, yeah, um, Tried to work through that. Uh, and then, yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Um, started to get a bit pissed off and had a look on LinkedIn and saw a really just, like, perfect job interview. Of just uh, Sorry, uh, job advertisement of, um, we're a new company. We're looking for this type of person. If you're this type of character, give me a call or give me a, a, a direct message. I did that. Within a day, I was talking to my new CEO um and yeah we hit it off i've met the team once uh <laughs> and i started at the end of july and yeah i like i hang out my i mean i, I won't spin around because you never know who's watching right <laughs> but the corner of my living room so i'm in an apartment so it's all over plan, right but i've got the typical post-its and sketches and all of that um and and you know, phone call boards all over the walls. Uh, yeah, and I basically live in this room. Okay, so to win a Jordan's point, whereas I used to probably run or ride 10K each way to work every day, I now do none of that. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's not as good. I need some, uh, I need some wider pants. But um, no, that's fantastic. It works for me. Um, I used to really like working from home anyway and, and would do it as frequently as possible so that I could get a break from the office, just be able to think freely. And then when you need to be around people, you can be around people. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think obviously a lot. Well, I, was say, I think it's interesting you're talking about how remote working has actually been a positive thing for you. But if I'd kind of looped this back to the survey, one of the big takeaways was actually about the introduction of VR being something that has actually taken off and i wonder if we had this chat in two years time whether we'd be going even further into this by saying well yeah i can still like see the person <laughs> through my headset and that kind of thing and actually although it seems we're still in this kind of novel kind of oh it's a bit different but actually probably not gonna i don't think it's gonna change i mean i don't like to talk about working from too much because it's kind of this narrative that we've done for the last six months where it's like oh how have you found it and someone said oh yeah a lot more zoom calls but i think the reality <laughs> now is it's that uh, like it's just here to stay like it's not going anywhere this is kind of what it's going to be like there may be people out there where certain environments or there are certain times where like we need to get you in back into the studio but i wonder if in like two three years time we we're actually going to get to a place where it's almost like something you just don't talk about because it's just this is the world, we, world we're in now. I think it varies a lot with teams and how you're set up. So for yeah. me, my, uh, in terms of product development anyway, um, you know, so we're, like I said, we're a very, very small company. So I don't necessarily have to share the details and like and zoom in on what you think of the size of this boss. Uh, mm. that type of thing. So the, the AR, the VR isn't a thing that I've bumped up against. Yeah, but in two, three years' time, you might have a little understudy and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I hope I've yeah. got a paddle on or something. Yeah, <laughs> a cat person or whatever. How's yeah, yeah. someone who's just got like a plat just down the side, but the rest is shaved because you know you don't. One of the 
Well, one opportunity for me is like everyone's probably done a, a makeshift, um, it's either in their spare room or in their bedroom or um, their kitchen or whatever it is. And it's kind of been a makeshift because we didn't know how long it was going to go for. Um, and then it's obviously kind of a bit longer. Some people go, oh, maybe I'll buy another monitor. And, and and you start to think, okay, okay, well, how does this affect my home living? And and, and I think that, you know, whilst I think it was announced today, there'll be a, a 95% um, effective um, vaccine, which is great news and much, much needed. You know, I don't think people are going to go back to the way they worked. So it's mm-hmm. kind of going, okay, so now we've got this different thing. Like I was even thinking about before, I was had a couple of meetings today, back to back, which were basically kind of design reviews. I was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm sat here in an, in, an, in an office chair facing a laptop. It wasn't an Eames chair, was it? <laughs> No, I'm not that. <laughs> oh. they're, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not good for office use. <laughs> oh, um, no, bloody hell. Yeah, they're showing, they're and, showing oh, well, you. Well, and, and well, well, it's kind of going like, if you're, if you're kind of reviewing work, you know, arguably, could you be on your couch, you know, like um, with with the TV? You know what I mean? Like, my point being is that, like, if you're bringing work home and with um, people are working in a, in a remote setting, it's kind of going, what are those activities that you do and, and how do I change my home to fit these work activities now if that's the kind of the balance that you want? Um, and it's, it is interesting. Like, I think that, that's going to evolve a lot in terms of how people go forward and what they, they're just not just makeshifting here. It's kind of, you can't sit on a couch, otherwise your back's going to be in this weird curvature. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's kind of how do you do these things mm-hmm. in a in a proper and what yeah. new products are going to emerge off the back of uh, the back of this experience that we're that we're going through? Although we love Zoom, I, there's still a part of me that thinks this could be a lot better, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of them. Are, uh, yeah, they're actually not that great, are they? They're just kind no, of filling a purpose at the time. Like for how long we've been doing Skype and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they're all. Uh, they're all a bit crap. I saw that Slack. Got, I, I saw that Slack got bought out the other day as well, didn't it? Um, by um, Salesforce. So I'll be interested to see what's. There has to be a Zoom 2.0 coming. Um, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but this is. No, no, what's the problem? There's probably no designers involved. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I just. I just thought I'd. Um, I'm, I'm appreciate we're getting a little bit conscious for. Um, for time and um, for our viewers, money, well, in forty minutes' time, Medicine Gavani will will be tuning off, and me and Win are going to be kind of. If I'm if I'm quiet enough, I'm probably going to hear Win shouting. Or, or <laughs> uh, so um, I just wanted to, um, I suppose, wrap this up, and it'll probably be quite a long wrap up. Um, but just giving people an idea and an understanding of what Design Truth could be in 2021. Um, so we had a board meeting earlier, didn't we, Drew? And it was a very unofficial. <laughs> I mean, I was bored. Yeah. Week. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, was it a board meeting or it was a, it was a very much, a, I've got this idea, Wynn, and um, Drew, and he was like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and then we just kind of wrote things down and then we thought, let's just tell people. Um, I'd like to think I contributed more than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Such a dick. <laughs> And the beauty of this is that I can just edit that line out afterwards. As well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I think we've kind of alluded to this on the top of this, but I think me and Drew generally have been a bit kind of fascinated that people still listen to this. 
and um, are equally quite excited, but equally a little bit perplexed of um, of where we can take design trees. You know, what is it that we can do? How do we actually balance it with our day jobs? Um, uh, I'll be completely honest and upfront. The biggest challenge I've actually had with design truth this year hasn't been external. It's been very much an internal. Why on earth are you? What on earth are you doing? What's design truth? Um, and I, as someone that's kind of, I suppose, win with, with. If I think about Kevin, you've seen this kind of actually what can happen off the back of a uh, back of this kind of process. It's, I, th- I know I can say this because my boss doesn't listen to it, but um, it's been one of the, it's been, it's, <laughs> it's been one of the most um, bizarre processes in terms of internal people were like, well, how, what are you doing? So you're doing this at eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not recording podcasts at half past 12 in the afternoon. It's like, really? <laughs> I think this is where you get on with the designers. And- yeah not blowing smoke up here, but you've, you've got that kind of attitude. It's like, you know, you go beyond, you know that um, that networking is a, is a core part of your work and we're enjoying being part of that networking. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, um, so I think the fact you've got the can-do attitude is why you've gotten well with us. And, and to be honest, like, um, I don't, really know any other product design industrial design recruiters in the uk so like from a point of view of you know your probably name is on the, the lips of everybody it's like family it's like family fortunes isn't it i remember you saying that it's like family <laughs> fortunes of like the name for the and then you go to the top of, and I, I don't want to kind of give this impression that i'm like this go-to person that you go to there are a lot there are actually some quite probably very good recruiters out there that do a good job for you but um yeah the the, but on that, but on that though, I mean, I, I get—I don't know how they find my email because I don't actually do emails. <laughs> oh, they find you. Don't you worry. We we track you down. We know how to get hold of you. Don't worry. <laughs> and I get these emails, and I go, "Do you really think that because you just sent me an email that offering somebody at a certain rate that like that I'm going to take you up on it?" And <laughs> for me, this is this is all about building proper relationships, and it's people who are going that extra mile to you know like. You don't have to be genius to get a premium LinkedIn and go find. If you want to work somewhere, you can go and find the person now at, you know, uh, a particular brand that you want to work with. You can find that design manager. You can do that. I think the hard bit is actually the relationship bit. With I think that's the tricky bit. So companies that um, that I work with, they could quite easily do the recruitment bit themselves in the sense of, okay, we'll just get LinkedIn. We'll advertise the jobs. But actually what they don't have the time for is they don't have the time for, I could be like, you've got a job for a head of design. I know a guy called Wim. I've, I've had a beer with him. He's a really good guy. If I drop him a text message, he'll probably respond to me. Whereas if you dropped him a text message, he doesn't know who you are. And that is the thing that I think is the elevator to, oh, I appreciate we're going a bit off topic here, but that's just the general um, kind of gist, I suppose, of... Uh, of what it's about but in terms of design truth design truth has never been a recruitment thing so i've been that's been the internal battle it's like well, why don't you talk about recruitment and why don't you talk about jobs <laughs> it's like i don't i talk about jobs from nine o'clock to half past five i don't want to be talking about jobs at half past seven on a wednesday night it's just like, i just don't want to do it so go on but i think like one, one of the things is that and there's no disrespect about is that like i think some of the the questions you've been asking have been 
quite fundamental or, or not a basic level. I don't mean that in any disrespect, but I think in terms of learning about the industry and, and asking the questions, it's been interesting because we're all listening to people's responses to those questions. And I think it's more the sense of you have, you know, obviously a much richer kind of understanding of what an industrial design employer is looking for and also what an industrial designer is looking for. Yeah. So I think from that perspective, you know, you've got a much richer understanding. But because of the questions that you're asking, and Andrew as well, is that that's where our interest is, is kind of going, ah, right, you know, yeah. and we all watch you the same in different ways. So Yeah, I've never confessed to be a designer and anyone that looks at our graphic design can certainly vouch for that. Um, but uh, I know what you mean because you could, you must talk to some recruiters and you must think they're like the star of the show. But honestly, I just kind of shut up. And uh, and as soon as this gets remotely t- t- um, technical, you'll notice any of our podcasts, I just shut up and I just let Drew talk. <laughs> that, that tends to be the kind of the gist. As soon as it gets to a level where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about here, I just let Drew talk. <laughs> that, that's honestly, kind of... Brad, to that point, I think one of the most important questions that you keep hammering away at is this definition of an industrial designer. Now, uh, and what does that mean on LinkedIn? Because we all see adverts. Um, you know, different times you see a posting for industrial designer wanted, and it turns out it's for like, like I said before, it's to design bank accounts, or it's to come up with like a product designer, and it's it's financial package thing. You're like, I, I have no interest in that. Like, how am like, I going to draw a pension? Not draw a pension, but like draw a picture of a pension. I've been thinking about this a lot. A lot lately, um, and I think you know we, we've been a profession that's basically kind of obviously grown out of mechanical design, and for probably thirty years, forty years, we weren't touched in terms of what we did because we just basically packaged some technology in something that was desirable for people to use. But I think you know when people talk about oh, there's there's people born now that are going to do jobs that don't exist currently, and you kind of go, what does this mean? But you see that specialism and. You know, when I see kind of all the, the divisions of industrial design now, when you see UX and UI and industrial design. Yeah. And I saw that um, Tangerine brought in a service designer quite recently, head yeah. of service. Yeah. That shows how it's changing, isn't it, I think? So, and I think that kind of that specialism almost is that it's like that's what's happening to industrial design now. And, and I think, that, you know, you talk to someone who's been industrial designer for probably the last 20 years, they probably go, I can do all of that in different ways. But the funny thing is that when you actually start speaking to these people who are quite specialised, it's a different level. I've, I've designed some UIs. I could do some UX flows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... But when you start speaking to the people who are now... Because re- the universities are going for those specialisms, you go, wow, these people are on another level. Mm. Um, and that's the interesting thing, you know, it is being split up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, to that point, I was thinking about this uh, over the last week or so about like uh, jobs that industrial designers would have been a generation or two ago. Uh, things like joiners, um, and I think we t- touched upon this a while back about like, uh, okay, if you're not necessarily academic but you've got a problem-solving brain, uh, what would you have done? You know, in my dad's generation, it definitely wouldn't have been this. This, was, this yeah. wasn't a thing that was there for working class kids. Um, and I think, all right, so some of those lines are blown now, but, um, you know, things like a, a yeah, a joiner, a luvia, um, 
A blacksmith. So many of them. Sorry? A blacksmith. A blacksmith, yes. Stone mason, something like this, yeah. Where you would have been making something from your imagination and, and making it real uh, to serve a purpose. Yeah, so just, There's so many things that would have been that that would have been very, very specialised yeah, and then you yeah. go, oh, God, everything's just like injection molding now. This is bullshit. Oh, it's all plastic, isn't it, Jordan? It's the bane of the world. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on that, on, on specialists and stuff, and Drew said that, you know, a joiner, UX designer, everyone who is a designer is creating something to get a result or, or to achieve a purpose. That's what designers do, create something to create a purpose. A UX designer just uses different tools than a joiner does. Um, industrial designer uses different tools to someone else does. It's just, it's, it's a toolkit. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying it a lot, I know, because things like UX design are so specialised. But if you can just be a really fucking good designer and know how to really think about stuff and really consider stuff, you're going to, be, you're going to do well in whatever you do, regardless of what toolkit you use or what piece of software you use, because yeah. that, that doesn't matter, really. And I think, going back to design education... That's something I see missed all the time because I couldn't give a fuck if you can sketch well or use SolidWorks. Can you actually think about creating something to achieve a purpose? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of graduates do sometimes miss that. Yeah, cool. So, so it's almost like, um, I think in the last episode we did with Drew, it was like, we talked a lot about skill set, but every time arrival just kicked going back to it's actually it's about a mindset. And that was something they were quite keen on, like reinforcing that message. And that's the number one startup on LinkedIn at the minute telling you that. So, I mean, it's that, <laughs> I can't, I, that, that's it really so that's what they're saying so you just nod and agree um <laughs> yeah i think attitude and application of your knowledge and your skills is is what you yeah cool so you know uh, if you're looking for something you can be a prisoner of your geography or of your training or of your predispositions whatever they may be if you're willing to adapt and to learn and to grow then that makes you a force Good. That's a I great love, point mate it's a great good point. stuff um so yeah just to wrap up t- 2021 for design truth um, the main thing, I suppose, will be we're thinking about setting up a Patreon account, aren't we, Drew? And this is, again, I said it on the top, that this is actually Clive G's fault. So if you don't agree with this, then um, message hello at designtruth.co.uk and I'll, and I'll certainly ping any responses across to Clive. Uh, and he just sent us a message really in the early days. I think we were like episode three or four in. He was like, do you guys have a Patreon account? I'd be quite keen to like support you guys. And I was at the start, I was a bit like, we don't at the minute, but maybe one day we'll, you know, we'll think about it. I think our main core thing at the time was like, we just want to actually nail down like a podcast. We'll actually nail down the actual output and the content. And then anything else that happens off the back of that, we'll, we'll think about. But I think the core of it is, can we just actually make out that we can actually do the thing? Can we actually edit? Can we all those kind of bits and pieces? Are people actually going to be interested over a period of time? Um, so the Patreon, if you don't know, is like a, uh, I don't know if membership is the right word, but it's almost like a, a GoFundMe page for content creators, basically, where you have this like, it's like a better version of tiers. So you've got tier one, two, and three. It's like a better version of tier one, two, and three. And you can either say, look, hey, I like what you're doing. Here's like a pound a month type thing. And on the top, I think, I suppose I'm quite keen to enforce is like everything, and I mean everything we do will always remain free of charge. This is almost like a side thing of like, if you actually like what we do, then we've got this thing. You can just donate a couple of quid a month. And this is and this is where your money's going to go. So we're, we're going to be as transparent as we possibly can be in terms of that. These are our costs. This is what actually is the cost of running this thing. So like we use, this is our domain name, so much it costs. 
This is how much we pay for our GoDaddy, our email. This is how much we pay for our Buzzsprout, which is our podcast aggregator. This is how much a Logitech stream cam costs, all that kind of stuff. And we're not expecting you to pay for stream cams, but this is all of the, the time and the investment that we have put into this thing that you like and you're enjoying. And if we could ever get to a space where that cost is covered, that that is kind of our aim of Patreon. Like anything over that, as I said, we've always set ourselves out to be not-for-profit. We were talking earlier, Drew, about, okay, let's just say weirdly loads of people subscribe to this thing. Where does the money go? We were talking I'm about... Just call on. Sorry. Give me... The, I'll, I'll show you in a minute. Sorry, Brad. I was about that. to burst in. I, I, was in, I was in full flow there. I was in, <laughs> it's okay. But I was just saying, we were looking at things like... Um, can we get in touch with secondary schools that have had their D&T money cut and say, look, we, we, get these, we get these donations from people in the industry and we're getting like X amount of money. Do you need help with equipment or do you need help with um, that side of things? We'll happily, we'll happily help you with that. And on the flip Something side... Something like, um, like a competition for sick formers nationwide to just... Yeah, like, so... Here's, like, so take something that, that I'm involved in and go, right, here's... It's sleep on it, for example. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't necessarily kind of fill mine and Drew's back back pocket or anything like that. No, the, the the aim of Design Truth from the absolute get-go was we want to turn this into like a physical thing. So whilst we do appreciate we're on a Zoom call right now, I'd love for us to get to a point where we all just kind of get together and we club together and we just have a chat over a beer and that kind of thing. That that is kind of where ideally I'd want things to go in terms of like that community i don't think you can build communities virtually i still think there needs to be that kind of seeing the whites of someone's eyes that that's for me this is uh, with, i mean i think you would think about the kind of the, the the everyone was probably on a, a family zoom quiz you know mm. after like 12 weeks you kind of okay i've had enough of this now <laughs> uh, and i think there's something similar in that right you get a kind of fatigue of video um i did mm. as a I just couldn't be bothered with many more video calls, mm. uh, both socially and at work. <laughs> and, but I think, you know, geographically, you know, um, until this year, I haven't lived in London. And I think there was a London centricity around a lot of design things. And, you know, but there's a, there's a, it's a density, it's a high density area. So logically, a lot of things happen down here. Um, but it's, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, I, from a point of view of, Rather than me positioning something, I think surveys work well, you know, in terms of like find out, you know, in, in a very much a classic kind of design thinking approach. It's kind of going, well, let's let's ask people what they what they would like, what their intentions, and then I think, you know, let's design potentially design something that suits what all those answers kind of come from. But yeah, yeah. We, we really don't want it to come across in a way of like that kind of exploiting way of like someone's like paying a pound and if you don't pay your pound then you're not going to listen to our podcast it's almost like a separate kind of thing but how patreon works is there's like a reward based thing tier one and two and three and the more you put in we're, we're going to give you shit back basically as like a, a thank you um we've had some ideas of how we can do this and so maybe we can actually start to engage with it may be brands it may be um agencies it may be with kind of again kind of like auxiliary partners to design so if we could find a way where we talk to the solidworks resellers and we say look we've got an audience here of, of quite captive people um and we say look 
if you if we do some sort of collaboration and we can get like 10% off your SolidWorks license, if you go through, through you put the checkout code TRUTH10 or whatever, it's things like that that actually add a little bit of value to the designers in the day-to-day. Um, so, so those are kind of the things that we're thinking about, Win of like where we can kind of take yeah. things, if that makes sense. I don't know what you think I'd, about I'd it. also stress at this point that like we're spitballing ideas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I haven't got a We're not at concept that. stage. We're certainly not at concept lock. <laughs> we're, at, <laughs> we're at idea generation. Like a Miro workshop. You know, I know Miro's been the whole Miro, however everyone wants to call it bloody software, but... You know, to get a lot of people, you know, I've done a, I've done a session with thirty five people in it, so I know it works. <laughs> you know, to get to get a brainstorm around those kind of, you know, with some themes about what they could be. But you know, when you think about the kind of some of the core problems we've talked about, is that what you've got here is a power of this potentially is quite exciting network of connected people. And we've talked about effective design education. We all know that universities are cashed up. They are cashed up. Mm. There's no messing about with this, right? Is that like, like as an idea, it could be that, you know, some design truths members or whatever, you know, um, will give their time. You know, I would happily give a day of my time, probably a couple of my holidays to go to a local school um, or, or university and go, how can I help? And if everyone, design designers, has got that kind of attitude, is that you know, if, if the universities would kind of happily cover design truths, um, sustainability, then then we could do I've that. Had, yeah, I've had messages um, win from people that come onto our webinars and say, like, Brad, if you ever do like a mentorship thing, where like, um, and these are most of the people that you see on the call. Obviously, I know win, you're on the call a lot of the time, and Jordan and Drew, you're on the streams and stuff. They're normally people that are in industry. They're not, we don't get too many kind of graduates to pop in. That's just because of the network that I've gained over the years. And I've always found there's that common kind of theme, what you mentioned there. It's like, if you ever like need like a thing where we all just jump on a Discord server and we've got like, we're all just come together and say like, we'll be mentors and we assign mentees type thing. That's something that people are kind of like, I get messages quite frequently about just little things like that of like, I'm happy to help or um but it's almost like they need that kind of driving force to and i hope yeah. that's what we can we can be is be that force of just bringing everything together um but in ideas of um pay, keeping it on the theme of patreon instead of things you may receive now i don't know what you make of this win but the day i see a design truth <laughs> posted note on a portfolio is going to be a very good day so we've got um posted notes we've got ske- we're going to get some sketchbooks and stuff so just things that are going to help people on the day-to-day. So um, anyone that does donate any money, we're just super appreciative of it because, again, I just find the whole concept of it a bit bizarre. So, again, little things like that we'll just kind of give to people. We've got, we have got we did a giveaway. We're going to do another giveaway. Um, this is going to make you laugh, Drew. I'm giving away um, some books. Stop, Simon Sinek, start with why. <laughs> I've got Find Your Why. Do you know two- what? That's on my... Uh, that's on my- Soon to listen to list. Yeah, I've got oh, two. No. I've, got, I've got I've got two copies of Invisible Women, um, which is about how the world is designed for men. I think it's a really good eye-opening read for people. So we're always giving shit away, basically, and kind of resources and stuff out of our own pocket. Um, so that's something we'll kind of elevate as well. Um, but that could be design truth in twenty one twenty one. We hope that everyone sticks around and still listens to us. And I hope you'll have a wonderful Christmas. What, what have you guys got planned for Christmas? 
going back to Wales. Going back to Wales, eh? Yeah. Um, looking forward to it, moving forward to it. Not opening my laptop for two weeks. Um, yes. And then I'm actually going to work from Wales, I think, for maybe a couple of weeks as well. Um, so potentially I've got a month back in, you know, the beautiful uh, <laughs> a beautiful place in the world. So, uh, Jordan, Drew, what are you, what are you up to? Um, well, I'm just going to chill out over Christmas, I think. I've had quite a busy time and like, like Wynn said, I'm going to shut my laptop and just take some time off to chill out, eat loads of chocolate and just relax. Yeah. But not going for any pints or do anything because Wales is closed and shut down. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not having a four-day a four day bender that we're having, have you? Not allowed, mate. <laughs> not to show at six. You're not allowed to... Yeah. Uh, what about you, Drew? What are you up to? Uh, I'm spending as much time as possible with my girly woos. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm going to try and get out and get some fresh air. Uh, but yeah, like Wynn says, shut my laptop, turn my mobile to fuck off and just uh, just just leave it just yeah I like I guess that. I want to get the 7th Street weapon out and just murder some Soundgarden or something like that just do that you know? about yourself bud I like Christmas because Christmas is the only time of the year when where you don't feel like um, you're missing out on anything so I don't know what the design equivalent is, but if you're like, if you take, if I was to go on holiday in say like June, if I was to go on like a two week holiday in June, I'll go away in June and maybe I've got some, maybe I'm trying to find some jobs or some clients. And I come back in two weeks time and I just have this feeling, it's this might have been like programmed into me from the job that I do. It's like, I've missed out on these people that are looking for work or I've missed out on this. And you feel like you're so behind but there's this kind of peace of mind of going off at Christmas thinking, well, everyone else is off as well. So you can really kind of like shut down. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad for kind of, if I go off like in the middle of the year, I'm, work is always like ticking over. It's not that I'm never really completely shut off from it. Even when I went traveling for a bit and things, I went to go and see companies over there. It wasn't like I was ever really kind of like detached from it. It's almost like it becomes your life. Um, so yeah, that Christmas would just be the one time that I just don't have the laptop on, and um, I can just play football manager in peace. Really, that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's, it, like, that's just yeah, like that's life. Community, right? It's all about fake murdering people on video games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I could just play my Xbox in peace. Win. Um, that, 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 you've got the new Xbox, haven't you? I do. I do have the new Xbox. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful bit of kit. Is it basically the old one, but faster? It's faster, yeah, but you can only store like two games on it because like every game now is like 110 gigabyte or something stupid. But uh, yeah, I'd recommend you buy some storage, people. If you're getting it for your kids for Christmas, get some extra storage. Um, but yeah, I think we'll leave it there, shall we? I mean, have a great Christmas. Yeah. I, won't, I won't ask you like embarrassing questions like what's your favourite Christmas song or... Uh, <laughs> What's, what's... Uh, it's the Ronettes. It's um, I'm not gonna sing it. I took a breath and I'm gonna sing it. <laughs> do it, mate. Do it. Go on, Drew. The moment's gone. <laughs> okay. Mine's Leona Lewis, so I don't know if that's even worse. Ooh, that's terrible, mate. One more sleep. Yeah. Oh, come on. That's Mine's a step into Christmas belt and John. Love it. Love it. Right Go on. Go, on. Go on. Close it off, Win. What's the favorite one? Mine's uh, Mike Flowers' Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and what, what do you get so what do you, the original it's better so, than the original 
what, 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 what would you get your designer mates for Secret Santa? I've actually got that challenge this week. Oh, God. Um, what, what are you thinking? I don't know. Well, uh, it's actually <laughs> everybody. And I've got, um, it depends if he's listening, but I've got one of the mechanical design engineers. No, design trick precedence. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I've got a £10 limit, so I'm just going to look at Amazon. Let's <laughs> get a black t shirt. If, if mate. it's a mechanical, then, then uh, <laughs> a, a Stadler uh, clicky pencil, mechanical pencil. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, paper me, medium. You All day. Yeah. What, any... Maybe a plaster for the whole ring glasses. <laughs> So cool. Well, look, thanks for coming on, guys. And um, as, I, as I said to you off air, I hope this didn't come across as like a really weird episode of Loose Women. Um, but um, I don't know, maybe it, it did. Uh, maybe it did. Yeah, it's quite nice to film. <laughs> it reflected, this, but, it did. Yeah. yeah, it probably did. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> nice to film this, Drew, because a lot of the, some of the guests we've had on quite recently, we don't kind of know that well, or it's a bit of a you have to like put a bit of a face on or a bit of a and you're kind of, But this actually felt like we were kind of just having a chat. Whereas sometimes, quite recently, yeah. it's been a bit like, tell us about what you've been doing and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And like, there's only so many times you can uh, have those conversations. I look forward to seeing you with um, Design Truth posted notes quite soon with your Design, Truth, with your Design Truth black T-shirt as well. I look forward to sending that out to you guys. And um, if I don't speak to you before, then obviously have a good Christmas. And um, maybe... Let's reiterate again, Brad, that thanks very much to both That's of you good. on behalf of... I suppose all, all product designers listening in the world, in the world, in, in everywhere. Um, it's great. It's great. Long may it continue. So uh, yeah, thank cool. you for all thank your hard work, all your extra hours you're putting in to do this. It's you've got a few pints lined up for when you meet us all physically. Yeah, that, I look forward to that. And um, thank you to our one listener in Bolivia as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know who you are. One day we will meet. One day. If there's anything that comes to mind, <laughs> appreciate it. Anything you, you have spare. And you, know, off. and you know what's really weird, Drew, is that we've got a really weird listenership in Austria. If you Austria? ever, Austria is a place where we are oh, no. always. I have no Why? idea what. Uh, I have, uh, shrimp on the barbie. Austria, <laughs> not Australia. Austria. <laughs> I know you've not seen the start of oh, demo, have you? That's gone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're always like really like high on the charts in Austria. I don't know if you've got any friends in Austria, Drew. I don't have any, but Austria. Everyone for Christmas. Yeah. But a friend who grew it, up in Austria. Is, is it just him listening to it on repeat, is it? Or, um... No, he's in Liverpool now. Oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if we ever go on tour. Strangest it... accent you've ever heard. Design like Truth. Scouse and Austrian. Yeah, Design That's Truth awesome. Design Truth could be uh, live in Vienna and then... Um... Live in Bolivia, but um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you guys go. Particularly Jordan because he nearly had an intruder halfway through. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah I, can, I can hear the girls making noise upstairs. So I've got yeah. <laughs> right, and um, best of luck with the game win. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the lineup. Got a got a lineup. What's it? Cavani starting. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. He's <laughs> starting. Well, yeah. If it all goes peak time, I'm certainly going to edit this out. If Neymar puts three past us, but um, stay strong. Win for the next hour and a half. And um, I'll see you guys. If I don't see you this year, I'll certainly see you guys next year. And Drew, I'll you soon. See you in the next round. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the last episode of the year. So um, have a good Christmas, everyone. Uh, stay safe, stay well, wear a bloody mask. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next year. <laughs>